All right, it is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast, episode number 19. So, we've got some stuff going on coming up. So, this is countdown to day number one. We are exactly seven days away from the first day of Sonora Rally Racing. Absolutely pumped for that doing all the packing and all the stuff going on and then just today announced Nacho Cornejo going to be making his way joining Ricky Brabeck Skyler Housen, the whole party down there is going to be very interesting it is going to be a stacked field I am looking forward to it so no guests on this episode today we're just going to kind of go solo. It's going to be a short episode because it has been a busy weekend, getting ready, packing, doing all sorts of fun stuff. Trying to get everything ready. It's funny, you would think it'd be a little bit easier. Be working with Mike from Rally Comp, doing the tracking, timing and scoring. So definitely looking forward to that. Don't have to pack as much uh, from the previous events. So, Yeah going to be exciting so do kind of a quick episode today yeah i don't want to go super long on it because i think there's going to be a lot more to talk about uh i am going to be taking some microphones i want to do some interviews and talk to a few of the guys down there um just kind of see what um how the days are going and what they're thinking and what's you know what's what basically um i'm looking forward to it uh especially Having these guys that are super, super competitive um, in roadbook racing, you know, Skyler Howes, Ricky Brayback, Nash Cornejo. Um, interesting to see. Uh, I want to see Matt Sutherland. I know uh, Mike Johnson himself is also going to be participating in it. So going to be a lot of top level riders. Also, Wes Van Nieuwenhuis, uh going to be racing that as well. Uh, that one should be really interesting. Last year, he was up to fourth uh, aboard the Rottweiler 790. Uh, which was very interesting, you know, in the, in the adventure bike class, you know, going bar to bar with the 450s. So very nice. And I mean, since we know Rottweiler knows how to make horsepower. Uh, yeah. So, man, it is going to be interesting. So I'm looking forward to it. They do a lot of uh, bench racing after, uh, which is kind of what I look forward to. Um, typically in a rally raid, what will happen is, is you get to the end of the of the special and the times are collected for the timed portion of that day's route. So you have your liaisons, right? So you're, you're basically your, uh, I don't know, it's kind of almost, I don't want to say it's like your parade lap, but it's kind of like the parade or it's kind of your navigation to the start of the spectator or spectator of the stage special or spatial stage or selective stage or, you know, there's, there's a few different names for it. But basically... It is the untimed section that takes you to the timed section while your time is not being taken, so to speak, down to the seconds. Uh, usually there are some arrival times and things like that uh, that you want to obey or that you have to obey. Uh, speed zones could be in there. You could have different things, uh, different kind of penalties and stuff like that thrown at you in those. And those can be at the beginning and that can be at the end of the stage. So depending on the event, uh, that might be one way of helping keep the uh, roadbook secret. If you don't know where you're starting from or you don't know where you're ending, per se, 
uh, it makes it a little bit harder to recreate that roadbook and then get out there and try and uh, basically pre-run it without actually, or fly it, I guess you could say. So that is how that goes. But the big thing there is usually what I see happen um, is you get to the end of the stage, you get to the end of the time section, you got a little bit of a breather there, and the guys will kind of hang out waiting for the next guy to kind of see you know, what the times were like, what the penalties were like. That's their first chance to get an idea of how it went for the day. So uh, usually what ends up happening is, is it's uh, some good conversations and, you know, just some uh, bench racing and, oh, did you miss this? Did you see that? Did you find it at the first try? Or, you know, there's a lot that happens. So it's really, really cool uh, to just be the fly on the wall and kind of listen to that stuff. And I always enjoy uh, asking the competitors, you know, how was the stage? What was it like? What did you like? What did you not like? You know, did you get lost? And they always, you know, got something to say. Um, some guys you see come in and they're just clapped, done, want nothing to do with navigating anymore. And other guys are like, that was it. So it really, really goes to show the difference in, uh, how a rally raid, the competitors that go to a rally raid, you know, uh, some are going to be super competitive. Some are going to be there for the adventure, uh, and some in between, there's a little bit of everything. So it's not that bad. So I am definitely looking forward to that part of it. It is going to be super exciting. I'm going to see if we can maybe post some of that stuff. I'll uh, I'll talk to the powers that be. Uh, you know, don't want to step on any toes, but I definitely want to get some uh, some of these stories out there, which I think are going to be really really cool. So, and then also we'll get to see some of the uh, additional uh, stories. So quick one on that one. I've uh, spent some time with Baja Rally as the race director and doing their timing and scoring, tracking, that kind of stuff. Uh, it was a few years back. I had a competitor um, that we were perched up on top uh, near Catavina, and they were down in the valley uh, where they would come up to where the finish line was. So when they kind of got to a ridge, we could see them. And I don't think that they could necessarily see us or knew which way to look to see us. But it seemed like there was one or two competitors that kept going up and then getting lost at the top of the hill and then going back down into the valley. Well, this went on for about, I don't know, 45 minutes. It was crazy. And so so we're sitting there, you know, this is the whole finish line crew. We're all hanging out, you know, and we're listening to it happen. You know, the sun's starting to get down. I'm like, all right. It's time to pull the plug on this. So I sent him a message. Hey, uh, time is up. Please go to the highway. You know, I'm telling them where like they're literally like one embankment away from the highway. It's not like it's they could probably see it. They just didn't, you know, either maybe didn't know how to get on there. So then I get, uh, you know, a few minutes passes and then all of a sudden I get a no. And so for those of you not not familiar, kind of catch everybody with what I'm talking about. So. With the rally comp, uh, you have the ability to send the message uh, to a competitor. And usually you want to keep it to yes or no questions, you know, not any of this kind of typing stuff. Um, so when I said, you know, uh, basically please acknowledge and it was supposed to be a yes or a no, I get a no. And I'm like, wait, did this guy just literally tell the acting race director no? I was like, oh, this is over. Come to the finish line. Oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> this is going to be my first action uh, with a competitor. And 
finally they worked their way up. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if they were just trying to see if they could make it up without putting their foot down. I don't know. But he came back up like they knew where they were going the whole time, which is crazy. So they show up and then we're talking about that and we're just having a laugh. And he's like, yeah, it was this and that. So he's still, I mean, in the end, I mean, the time was up. That was it. You know, had to get it back to the bivouac and whatnot. You know, took the penalty and all that stuff. But I was tripping out that he was like, no. I'm like, what do you mean no? So I don't know. That that was just kind of cool. But it was always the same thing. You know, these guys would show up, get to the finish line, just hang out, wait for, you know, the next guys to show up or the rest of their group. Or they would ride it in a group and they would literally like finish within three or four minutes of each other. And so it was just cool to hear the bench racing and then all, you know, you got lost and all the stuff that they, you know, would would go through. So it was super, super cool. So that is one of those things that rally kind of like does, because then you're going to get to do that all over again the next day. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of those stories, especially with a couple of no names like Skylar House and Ricky Brabeck, you know, hanging out and doing their thing. And so really looking forward to that. Super pumped. Um, I'm not sure if I messenger mess mentioned it on the last episode, but uh, just this past week, it was announced that uh, Skylar House now on the Rockstar Husky team uh, out there. So they were just out at Silver State, uh, and then now he's going to be gear- gearing up and getting ready for Sonora. So I'm looking forward to seeing that bike uh, at the Sonora Rally. Check it up out close, up close, see some of the technology that they got on that bike. Maybe post some pictures up on the Chasing Waypoints uh, Instagram. And who knows? Maybe I could get a quick second with him. And talk a little bit about that uh, that Husky contract that he's got now. I believe he's going to be representing or riding for Husky Rockstar now for three years, I believe it is. And it looks like they're already out doing the racing. So they're going to be supporting him, I think, in both off-road and rally raid, which is going to be awesome. So definitely looking forward to that one. So, so yeah. So let's see. What else have we been up to? So, yeah, this whole week has just kind of been uh, a little bit of a rush, you know, work and all of that. And then... Getting back to it, getting, you know, trying to figure out, all right, uh, the car. Uh, last week I had an issue with the CV on it, and, you know, I got that dressed, and I've been listening to it. It looks like we're good to go there. Now comes the fun part, time to pack. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that on this episode, uh, both packing, you know, uh, basically the car to go to an event like this, uh, packing a adventure bike to go on a major ride, or packing for... Uh, something like a rally raid type event and all that. And just kind of seeing, you know, in, in the pits and the stuff that they take. One of the things, um, not super familiar with every single last detail of what gets thrown in the truck. But one thing you're going to find um, that I've seen a lot of on these bigger rally bikes is, is they get very creative with where they put spare parts and the spare parts that they carry. So I've seen extra clutch discs, the steel part, not the friction. Um, the levers for sure, you know, levers strapped in different places, just creative ways on how to basically bring the spares along that could literally end your day. So I kind of look at that and I think, okay, well, what, what would be the thought process behind it? And, and, uh, and I mean, that's gotta be pretty simple. It's like, okay, what's going to be the one thing? Okay. Like if this clutch goes South, what can I do? Oh, well, you need to take up the room because now there's no friction material, which means there's extra room in there. So one way to do that is an extra disc. And you can put a steel in there and take up the room. Uh, Wendell Mackey, maybe? Uh, I saw him use a leather shoelace uh, on a 790 uh, to take up the room. And I guess it worked for another several hundred miles, I guess, or something like that. 
Uh, I don't know. If he listens to the podcast, I'd hope he'd chime in and we could talk about that, you know, bush repair. Uh, Actually, that would be a great bush repair to send to uh, Toby Price. Uh, Toby Price having to zip tie a tire together on the, um, what was that, on the marathon stage at Dakar because he had torn up one of the uh, tires pretty bad and zip tied it together and just kind of made it happen and and limped it to the finish line uh, for the next day's stage. So that was pretty cool. But um, going on to the next kind of thing. So one of the things that I've done in the past when it comes to packing for uh, an adventure ride, I am a minimalist. I love to take things that have multiple uses and are things that I'm literally going to use. If I'm not going to use it, it's not worth taking. It's not worth taking up the room. You know, it's just I'm always looking for the smaller thing, uh, smaller things to be able to pack on the bike and be done, get it done. But I am a bit of a bigger guy, so it's a little bit tough sometimes, you know, that, oh, you know, getting that super, you know, super tiny sleeping bag, getting that super tiny tent and, and the chairs and all that stuff. But over the years and, you know, after the research and a few Amazon orders and, you know, that kind of stuff, I've been able to find the stuff that works for me. So. Uh, I just look at it as, you know, it's you're going to experiment and you're going to just kind of find the right combination. But one of the things that I do notice um, that's kind of common that I've seen in this is that I will typically look at something and think of a situation and go from there. OK, what are the things that I'm going to need? Oh, OK, well, I'm going to be staying the night. All right. Well, staying the night involves a place to sleep, shelter uh, and stuff to keep you comfortable. OK, perfect. Easy going to need a flashlight. All right, perfect. Now that that topic is handled, then it's okay. Now I'm going to ride this bike for 250 miles in a day. Uh, what am I going to, what am I going to need? What can I carry on the bike? Um, you know, uh, think about say like nutrition and food and stuff like that. Okay. I'm going to throw some granola bars in there and that's not my main source of food, but that's my, in case of emergency, you know, I know I've got water. I know I've got this. So It's all I think that when packing and doing this kind of stuff and preparing for these longer rides, it's always something like, okay, pick the subject and then with that subject, go all the way to the end. Okay, so uh, I've handled my accommodations. All right. Next is going to be the the sustenance and and food and water and that kind of stuff. Okay, what is the game plan? All right. I know I am going to stop at this place and I'm going to get. Um, at least a couple PA lights and I'm going to order electrolytes, throw those in the bag. I'm going to carry them into the campsite or where I'm going to be camping. Um, so I'm not carrying the whole day. I'm not having to carry extra water the whole day. I'm just planning ahead. So I know, okay, because a, then B. So same thing with like, say for instance, communications, communications is an important one. And I've got, um, I'm absolutely stoked. Um, I have somebody coming on the show here in the next uh, few weeks, I uh, just got to get the calendar going. And actually, is a kind of a side note. I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, with the help of Gnarly Dave, um, I've been had or I have getting the opportunity uh, to, to meet some really great people and have some really, really cool guests uh, coming up in future podcasts. Uh, now, now, literally to the point today, I was like, OK, I need to make a calendar. This is getting crazy. So. I'm stoked to that. There's going to be a ton of new guests coming and stuff like that. So I won't mention any names yet. Don't want to jinx it. Want to make sure we get everybody booked up and, and then start recording some episodes. But anyway, uh, communications. So communications is the same thing to me. It's like, OK, um, 
how am I going to stay in contact? All right, you got your cell phone. Great. All it takes is one fall, you break the screen, and good luck trying to get out. Siri, break the microphone. Now Siri doesn't listen to you, as my Siri is probably going to go off. But there are, you know, you have to have, like, the backup plan. So typically when I go riding, cell phone. Cell phone means I've got stuff that will allow me to extend extend the battery for the cell phone. So it could be spare batteries, whatever, little solar, one of those little solar battery banks, stuff like that. Then I go, okay, well, then now it's radio. Okay, well, I've got my two-way handheld uh, that I'm going to throw in the bag. Do other people on the trip have it? Yes. Okay, cool. So that means I'm going to go full send. I'm going to have my uh, Cena SR10. Got to charge that up. Get that set up. Wired to the helmet or paired to the helmet because it's all Bluetooth. <clears throat> and then, okay, cool. So now we got two radio comms. And then now we're up to cell phone and handheld. Then the next goes, all right, well, we're going remote and it's always a great idea to carry one. Um, I have one and it's the Garmin InReach Mini. So InReach Mini, now I know that no matter what, I just need to be able to send a message. I can do that via satellite. Um, And that pretty much gets me to the end, right? I've had this whole subject, which is communication. And now I have my three different ways of communicating. So and each to each their own, right? Some are going to be like, okay, well, you know, radio um, just, you know, think of the scenario. Okay. Bike breaks down. I can't get out with my cell phone, but I can send a text message via the in reach to somebody to come get me. Once they get closer, satellite messaging, text messaging is going to be hard because what's going to happen is they're going to get close to a point where they won't be able to receive that message. So what do we switch to? We switch to the radio. If you didn't have that, your cell phone would be rendered useless. Satellite messages, sometimes take two, three, five, ten minutes to get received. So you're just going to be playing cat and mouse. So in the end, the the simple of it is, is just, okay, pick, pick a subject, you know, quote unquote, communication. All right, we're going to run this all the way down to the end. Here is a possible scenario. What would I do in this scenario? So when it happens out in the middle of nowhere, you're the guy looking like, dude, have you done this before? And it's no, it's because I literally took the time to sit down and think, okay, if this happened, what would I do? And so you've got your whole plan. And it's, I mean, it works. I, I love the Garmin and Reach Mini. Not a, no. I actually have zero sponsors. Is that kind of cool? Um, but I have um, a lot of friends that have taught me a lot and have helped me along the way. But um, I guess long story short, I'm trying to say this is not a Garmin um, commercial. But anyway, so sitting up at Mike Sky Ranch, middle of nowhere. This is the greatest place. If you literally want to go to the middle of nowhere, that's relatively close. It's got a great view of the sky. It's a pretty awesome scenery uh, during the day. A great ride. If you haven't done it on a motorcycle, it's awesome. Or even in the car, there's a really cool route uh, that I have to get there that takes you through the Pine Forest and goes down. And it's all like old school Baja 500, Baja 1000 course stuff. Um, But it's super cool. But once you get there, that's it. You know, they they have a phone that you can call. um, And that's that's it. Cell phones don't work. Satellite phones will work. And I know that the Garmin and Reach Mini will work. So we're sitting there, you know, earned our beer. This was a break and ride for the F800 GS uh, that I had, the GS Adventure. And we're just sitting there, chilling. Uh, Troy, riding buddy that we went with. 
Um, you know, he's out changing or doing something and or grabbing the next round of beers. I don't know. So in the meantime, I'm sitting there and I'm just like texting and my phone's going off, you know, like I'm receiving text messages. And there's this couple that's kind of next to us and, you know, they've got the Jeep, right? The Jeep. This thing is like a mall crawler that somehow made it up the hill. And all the stuff and all the, you know, the the um, rooftop tent and the lights and the ditch lights and the, you know, the fancy wheels and everything like that. And I'm not trying to talk shit about Jeeps or anything like that, but, you know. The full send. Everybody's seen them. It's not like I'm saying anything that hasn't been done before, but they're out there. So anyway, I'm sitting there, you know, and I can see her, this lady kind of looking over and I was like, how's he, wait, he's getting text messages. How's he, how is that happening? And, you know, a few more and then the husband comes back and, you know, I kind of see the nudge. And it's funny, I'm watching all of this out of the corner of my eye and I was just laughing about it because I'm like, this lady's like really interested in what's going on over here. Finally, I think she suckered the guy into coming home and asked, and was like, Hey, what is that? They, they had no idea what it was. Oh, and then I gave him my almost advertisement, but not really. And, and it was like, kind of like, Oh, Oh, okay, cool. And I go, yeah, so it works really well. Yes. Those are expensive text messages, but, um, expensive text message versus being able to communicate with somebody when something has gone sideways, priceless. So, we went send on that or full send on that one. But the thing is, is that one, you never know what's going to happen. So it's great to be able to communicate. And two is just by having it like now these, you know, this couple now knows. So I would hope that now in their Jeep with all the accessories is some kind of device that will allow them to communicate. So. It's just kind of like one of those things like, duh, you know, why wouldn't you have it? Um, and then one of the more important things that I've learned when you do have it. Um, how could I say this sarcastically? So your loved ones. Do not care where your bike is. Or. Where your Jeep is. Or whatever else you put it in. So by that, I mean, Ram makes a lot of great things to be able to mount stuff. Um, but I really wholeheartedly believe that you should not be mounting personal locating devices such as a, a Garmin InReach Mini or a spot tracker or whatever else is out there now on the bike or something that's going to fly away from you uh, in the event. Right. Jeep goes tumbling down the hill. Are you going to have the uh, presence of mind to hit the buckle, jump out, open the door and at the same time grab the device? Or are you going to have to be the one that goes fishing uh, down to the bottom of the hill to try and find this thing? Hopefully it's still in the car. Yeah, I don't know. But long story short, try and keep it somewhere on you. Um, when we were doing the rally thing or when I was doing the rally thing uh, with Baja Rally, it was all about, you know, in, in two to three movements. You know, you had to be able to hit the SOS button. So what that meant is they had to, in two movements, unzipping the pocket that it's in is one, and two would be hitting the button, or three that if there was something like you had to pull it out. But you had to be able, within a couple movements, to be able to activate the device. Well, that seems a little bit, yes, but if you go down and you have a broken arm, if you go down and the bike's got you pinned, if you got 
every extra movement that you have to do to be able to get to that can be more critical than the next. So, or more difficult, you know, if you have whatever, I mean, I don't need to super elaborate on it. I've already gone far enough down that rabbit hole, but basically it is, is put it somewhere where it's easily accessible and where you can reach it and, you know, where it's not going to fly off or it's not going to do anything. Giant loop makes a great holder for that. I'll probably actually end up ordering one before I get back, uh, get back on the bike. Um, but you know, something as simple as that, you know, some kind of strap that you can hold it to yourself. I usually wear it on my vest, on the climb vest that I have. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different things that you can do to, um, to mount that thing properly, but that is the communication subject, right? So, okay, this is how I'm going to communicate. I have my cell phone, I have my two way and I have my in reach. That's my communication package. All right, cool. So now, all right, let's go to the bike. Right. Besides the check the oil, the chain and that, 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 you know, all of the the typical stuff is like, okay, well, if something goes sideways on the bike, uh, do I have spare bolts? Do I have this run that subject all the way down? And that's the same thing with the toolkits. Okay, what is reasonably expected or what is a reasonable expectation for me to be able to fix on the side of the road? The flat tires, the loose bolts, the the safety wire because a bolt fell out, the. You know, the basics, the the zip ties, the duct tape and all of that stuff. Um, and there was a clue to one of the uh, future episodes. And um, so it's like, all right, well, you kind of want to form like I remember when I was at San Diego BMW Motorcycles, right? I was completely new to the F800 GSA. I have no idea what to do. All right. I sat down with one of the techs and I said, OK, what is reasonably expected or what is a reasonable expectation for me to be able to do on the side of the road and fix, right? Okay, well, uh, changing a tire, all right, or fixing a flat. Okay, battery. Okay, uh, you need to get uh, get into the shock for some reason. Okay, um, basic handlebar controls and stuff like that. Okay, so you kind of just start kind of piecing it together, thinking of the scenarios that you could go through and then you come up with a toolkit. And in the end, I had a pretty good toolkit. I was like surprised that there's stuff, there was stuff in there that I didn't need. And then there was stuff that I needed or that I was missing. And it wasn't until I literally sat down and thought, thought about that scenario. Each scenario was I like, okay, this is relevant. Okay. This is not relevant. So I don't know. There, there's a lot that can be, that could be done, you know, just, just in that. Right. And the thing is, is you don't want to wear yourself down, especially if you're going to be carrying it on yourself. You know, you don't want to pack every single tool. You know, you want to use multi-tools, tools that will have or serve more than one purpose. Um, or that if you need to double them up, you have two of them, but both of them have other purposes as well. So I don't know. There, there's a lot that could be done there. But the big thing I, I, I think the common theme is, is that don't pack with a shovel. Don't pack like you're, you know, just like, I, I, I don't know what I'm just going to throw it out. I might use it. I might use it. No, like take the time to sit down and go over the scenarios. And that's the same, you know, whatever. If it's if you like your coffee in the morning because you absolutely have to have coffee in the morning. OK, have that whole conversation with yourself. What do I need? I need water. OK, I need heat. I need OK, I need the coffee grounds. You know, I need my French press. OK, I need my soy latte. OK, I need my, you know, vanilla flavored uh, gluten free air. OK, you know what? Like add up all the stuff that you're going to need and then just say, OK, I have completed this subject. I'm done with it. Now I'm on to the next one. So 
I feel like this this episode might be a little bit of one on one on this, but you know, I don't know. Maybe to some people, they've never really thought about their packing routine or how they would go about packing. So um, that's just kind of how I do it, and it's the same thing, you know, in learning from racing and racing with uh, with my parents and then with my brother and all this. It's all about like, okay, what is the scenario? Oh, uh, my brother's UTV. Hey, we need to change a belt. Okay, perfect. Here's this one case that's got the belt tools. It's got the belt itself brand new belt in it we've packed it we've duct taped it we know that there's a brand new belt in there okay perfect that subject is now done on to the next you know so you in that way it's like you don't forget things and you don't do that life lesson learned working on a 10 car back when we were uh when i was at uh, mandiola transaxles we're going through it and we're building this in in uh, mike mandiola's garage and you know it's a 10 car and it was really really cool so i grew up as a kid watching these races going to these races and there was uh chris harold chris harold is you know pretty famous uh 10 car driver i mean he he gets down and so we had the opportunity to work with him and you know he was the driver of the other of the single seat car and then jesse mcclain and myself were the drivers of the two-seat car and i remember there was a night there that we were going through it and all that stuff and so it was getting late i was like all right you know it's time to go we had burned the you know, worked the whole day and then came over to Mike's house and then, you know, continued the work there. So mounted the shocks, put a thing, hand tighten the nuts. All right, cool. Everything's mocked up there. All right, we're good to go. Take off, you know, going through it. And then uh, the next day I come over and I remember Chris is there and we're all talking about all that stuff. And he's all like, uh, what happened with the, the nuts on the bolts? And all that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know that's just one of the things that, you know, we needed to do today. And he goes, okay. But, you know, you know, when somebody asks you a question that you feel dumb answering because you know exactly what the answer they want to hear is, you know, that 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 one feeling you get, you're like, damn, I'm about to answer this question. But damn it, I should have done something about it. And that's excuse me. And that's exactly what it was. If you put the thing there already, what, how much longer would it have taken you to take out two wrenches and tighten these things down to spec? Put some Loctite on it and be done. Yeah, I guess that's right, huh? <laughs> so I kind of, you know, that I've, it's funny. It's one of those things that's carried over into the other thing. Okay, I know I'm really tired, but if I spend two more minutes on this, how much more could I get done? So I think it's the same thing with packing. You know, so, so okay. I am going to take this subject, I'm going to communications, I'm going to take or my camping equipment or the bike or whatever it is, and I'm going to run it all the way down. I'm going to take those two extra minutes to make sure that I've got everything that I need um, and then that possible scenario and and kind of account for that. And yeah, I know it's like, but it's sometimes it's in those last two minutes or in that last minute when you think, okay, am I really done with this that you remember? Oh, damn. Safety wire. You know, like... All the little things. So that to me is like, uh, is, is just kind of been a growing thing. And uh, I do the same. You know, I would go downstairs right now. I've got my radio box, right? So everything inside of that box is ready to go. I pull the one box out. It's got the the two-way radio that goes in the car. It's got the antenna mounts. It's got everything that I need. Power wire, all of that stuff ready to go. Sitting right next to it is the stuff for the handheld radios, the chargers, the batteries, the handhelds themselves, and all that stuff. So that is a radio box. I know that is a complete subject ready to go. Chargers are there. Uh, The programming cables are in there. 
you know, everything that I would need, that whole subject is right there. So I guess you could think of packing like a bunch of subjects. You've got history, you've got math and all that stuff. And some of us don't like history and some of us don't like math. But if you if you've kind of studied it or you kind of know like, okay, this is this subject I need to run it all the way down to the end, you know, I promise it'll probably be a little more useful than algebra, you know, or advanced trigonometry or calculus or whatever else they teach us nowadays. But yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it on that one. I mean, I, I like, you know, I, I like I said, I kind of wanted to since it's been the theme, like I'm thinking, all right, what do I need to take? What do we need to do? All right. Well, we're not doing this, so we're not going to need that. You know, just thinking through those scenarios and thinking, you know, OK, what am I going to need? So then that way you're truly prepared, because if you just want to say, well, what if this happens? And then the next thing you know, it's like you've got so many what if this happens scenarios and you've accounted for so many of them that the toolbox is, you know, 60 pounds. The car is filled to the brim with camping equipment. The roof rack has zero room for the one shade that you really actually were going to need had you really thought a little longer about it. You know, so there's a lot of things that can go, you know, can grow very quickly if you don't maybe adapt some kind of pattern and, and think about, you know, the possible scenarios and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I don't know. That's just how I look at it. I think that it works out uh, pretty well. But, yeah, I don't know. We will see. Well, I guess we're going to find out in about uh, five or six more days. So, yeah, so the plan is going to be leaving bright and early Sunday morning uh, to head down to the Snorer Rally and then help with the registration, technical inspection, all that fun stuff. And then we're going to turn around and go racing for five days. I believe the last day of racing is on Friday, and then we are going to be coming back Saturday or Sunday, uh, you know, after the after the event. Uh, hopefully with a bunch of cool stories, definitely would be looking forward to jump on a podcast. Hopefully I get a chance to talk to some of these guys, get some, uh, some audios for you guys and kind of see how the event is progress progressing. And yeah, so I think it's going to be pretty cool. So if there are questions, things, other stuff that you would want to hear from the Sonora rally, let me know. I'll see if we could get it answered. I mean, I, we were very lucky to have, uh, Darren Skilton of Sonora rally creator of the Sonora rally. Uh, on uh, not last episode, but the episode before that. Uh, this last episode, we were able to talk to Jacob Argybright. He's preparing his KLX uh, 450 for the Sonora Rally, so he's almost there. Uh, when we talked, he had the bike still down to the frame. I talked to him today. Sounds like uh, we're a lot closer to being done. So pretty cool. Starting to see the Instagram posts. There's people starting to... Uh, converge on Mexico and Sonora side. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be cool. So this is probably going to be the longest week ever uh, just because that's how it goes. But I think it'll be fun. So stay tuned for more because I think there is a lot more coming. I got to start working on this calendar thing because that's getting getting quick, getting long kind of quick. Um, but yeah. Uh, if you guys didn't see and are following on the Facebook side of things, I did put up a post. Uh, there are a limited number of FlexFit hats available uh, on the ChasingWaypoints.com website. God, that felt like a shameless plug. But, hey, they're there if you guys want to support the channel or support you know the podcast, that kind of stuff. Uh, the hats are available there. i got a couple more things coming hopefully this week. We will see. I've got the stickers. So... 
I've got a couple different designs there, so I'll throw a couple in the box for if uh, anybody orders uh, the hats or whatever. Uh, so I've got more authentic designs um, doing that stuff for me out of Lake Elsinore. So super stoked uh, on them. Look for them. Maybe I'll post pictures and coordinates of where I put them. And then people have to take pictures at said coordinates of said sticker. Hmm. I like that idea. Maybe we'll give that a shot. But anyway. All right. So Sonora Rally starting this Sunday. Tech registration, all that fun stuff. And then racing Monday through Friday. So definitely looking forward to it. I know I've said that about 932 times, but it is the truth. So we will be down there. Look us up if you are headed down to the Sonora Rally and listening to this. And otherwise, if not, and you're playing the home game, head on over to the Facebook page. I'll go ahead and post this as well. You'll see a new link now. That's going to take you directly to the website. Much easier because then you can just click on either the Apple podcast or the Spotify podcast, whichever uh, channel you listen to. Um, Anchor gives me a bunch of different analytics. Those are the two absolute most popular um, platforms for it. So if we need another link up there, Google Podcasts or something like that, let me know. I can throw that up there um, so it's easier for you to find the episodes and all that. So once again, guess what? I'm excited. This is going to be awesome. So hopefully the weather's not too uh, hot. I don't do well in hot weather. But, oh, man, here we go. All right, guys, so that is it for this week's episode. Don't forget, like, subscribe, do all of that stuff. Comment on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram as well, Chasing Waypoints underscore official. And check out the uh, website for all the new updates and stuff like that. Follow us along on Instagram. I'll probably be posting most of the updates on there. And I am looking forward to it. All right, guys, we will see you for the next episode. Might be a little bit late because we're going to be down in Sonora, so, but... Uh, don't hang me on that one, but I am trying to get us uh, some really cool stuff for that. So anyway, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you soon.